Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. Welcome to today's episode of the Post Sunday Podcast. This podcast is an extension of Genesis Church located in Orlando, Florida. Every Sunday, you can attend one of our three amazing services at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m. Or if you don't live in Florida, you can stream live on Facebook and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando. You can also watch on demand and as always, follow us all week long on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and X at Post Sunday Podcast. And also, make sure to subscribe to listen every week on Spotify and iTunes. Now, for today's episode, here are your hosts, Pastor Johnny Sierra and Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What is going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? This is your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, with you guys. I am excited to be with you another week, episode four, with the one and only Pastor Tim Grantstaff. What's up, my man? I want piano fuego today. Yeah. That is Johnny it's next level. on piano at church. That's <laughs> when you bring something extra. I leaned over to Chad yesterday. I leaned over to my son. I was like, watch Johnny when he's on the keys. He's just a little, just more like, you're more comfortable. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you know, uh, that's my roots. That was the first that instrument Pentecostal I played. Johnny comes oh out. Oh my gosh. I Piano remember times, Fuego. tell John, my father-in-law, he plays bass with us. We've been playing for over 20 years. And uh, when I start when I started doing the keys, I, I'm telling you, they're going from one song to the next, and you better be ready to go, or else you're getting left behind. <laughs> it's like you have all the power in your fingertips, and yep, you know it. Yep. In that moment, you're not at the mercy of anybody nope, else. I can sense all. it, but you didn't play behind me the whole time. That's what I, I was expecting, no, like you, the I, whole like Pentecostal score, I, yeah, building yeah. up. So I can start tapping work. my feet, that jumping up and work, down. Man, that, that takes work. That ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I say that, it ain't happening. It ain't happening, man. Oh, man, it's, I'm excited. I'm excited to be with you guys here today. Those that are with us on YouTube, those that are with us on Spotify, iTunes, thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for all that you guys are doing. We are not alone here, brother. This 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 thing I live I from the studio <laughs> audience <laughs> at the Genesis it's, Ministry Center. I'm, we're about to have applause signs like here. We have had soon, to dude. open up a room <laughs> and pull a window back. Yeah, oh man, to allow our guests to view and Ooh, see today we'll have to have that a, live on air red sign that yes. we have in, in the hallway for everybody on staff to know we're recording. Yep, yep. Is going to be a, a signal must. that we're like we're live on air. <laughs> Let's go. A must we got to get a cam? Uh, what what a crowd cam out there? We and but like. we don't have a producer cam yet, so Alexis <laughs> and Stanton won't He's, like that. Attention, people! Where is producer Stanton? We cannot find him. Alert! We don't know where he's Alert. at. <laughs> people are like, I haven't heard Stanton for the whole month. Yeah, for the first month of 2024. Yeah. He can't be here, and he's dying. I talked to him last night. Yeah. He's like, I promise, I promise, next week I'm back in track. Oh so he's up in Atlanta gosh, right yeah. now. So yeah. shout out to Stanton. We have producer Alexis in the oh, house. She's been crushing We do it, need though. a producer, Cam. 
and a crowd cam. Yes. So any sponsors out there that would love to get us some new cams. Let's go. So we don't have to ask Chad. Chad. Will not, he will not provide Chad, anything. You want to approve that budget us. item for us? <laughs> What we well, can do is just get them. Listen, this first and foremost, if we need Chad to, 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 to support what we're doing, we need people to buy merch <laughs> ASAP. Yes. <laughs> we need you to go to Chad and tell him that your favorite thing at Genesis <laughs> is the Post Sunny Podcast. Please. No matter what. Just just Please. grab him and be like, dude, we love this church. We yeah. love everything. But that PSP, that thing just changes my life. Yeah. Just say it all the time when you grab him and just berate him with I it. I mean, if you... If you if you want to go further, and I think this will this will this will this will just go over the cup for him. I, I'm enjoying it more than service. <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, yeah, yeah. Me yeah. and you no. run the service. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Me and but you that, are the ones running the service. Bread is but that is that's his uh, bread and butter. Like you, you know, you mentioned that is like what? That's it. Yeah, just yeah. just we're, we're just playing. keep o- overloading it, yeah. bringing it his way. For sure. And if you want to sponsor us with some some cameras, we got some places. Oh, uh, we, we do, them. man. We do. But uh, we are just super thankful, man, to have you guys joining us. Like I said earlier, man. Uh, if you get a chance, follow us: Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. We're on X as well. Um, uh, Post Sunday Podcast at Post Sunday Podcast. You can f- find us there uh, with that hashtag. But uh, yeah, man, we we definitely were excited. We're in episode four here now, and uh, and let, let me just say, man, I mean, this was last week was a right hook. This was a left hook. Like it's that combo punch sequence, you know. Yeah. You're speaking a, a few weeks. Do. You can you can do the gut punch. Yes, bring everybody to their knees. Uh, yeah, I mean, Chad that. maybe Chad yeah. Chad might do like uh, an, an an ear bite. That's it. <laughs> Everybody this week, when he's done preaching, you're like, we love the PSP. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we can't wait for Johnny and Tim on Monday Chad, for the post. Man, we're gonna be excited to yeah. have you on. That's it's gonna, gonna be, be so fantastic. Good. <laughs> no, it was it was uh like we said, it's kind of we rarely everything is we believe in adventure. Yeah. So all the parts connect, but rarely, Mister Sequel. You did that last year, you know. Do we feel like we have two Sundays where they really are just completely intertwined? And so, like we said, this is like 1B to to 1A last week. They both go together because we're asking still the ultimate question, can Jesus use me for something big? And the second part of that question for people that wrestle with that because they will see God do something big in someone else's life, and their immediate thought will be, well, he plays favorites, Mm. and I'm not one of his favorites. Yeah. And if I can't be a favorite and I won't be a favorite, then I'm never going to be used for anything big for Jesus. And we, I don't want to use the word debunk, but yeah. we do want to bring a reality to that question. And we want to bring some truth behind it because in essence, when you're searching, is my life significant? Does it have meaning? When I am dead and gone, is it going to have made an impact on people? We, we did the, uh, the funeral service for Doug Ewan on Saturday. And the place was full. And you look around the room, and I took a picture, just a wide shot picture from the side for his wife, Gwen, and uh, and sent that because I wanted them to always remember this place is full of people that your husband, your father impacted in his life. And uh, I've been to funerals where there's there's no one in the room but immediate family. Wow. And, it, and you're like, is there any impact outside of this that you had on anybody's life that would want to come speak and you see that difference and we all wrestle with that because everyone as we said you know um time is undefeated unless god returns we will pass from this life 
And we're going to wonder, was our time spent here worth it? Did it fulfill its purpose? And we believe it can. And we believe Jesus wants it to and wants you to. And therefore, we also want you to see how he can use you and the people he's looking for instead of using an excuse, well, he just plays favorites. And if you knew me, you knew my life, you knew my past, you knew what I struggle with, you, know what, you knew what I go through, he would never look at me as one of his favorites to use. And that's what we want to kind of unpack here today a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And when you think favorites, I mean, you kind of tend to, to bring the whole sibling thing, you know. Um, for me, I'm an older brother. You're an older brother. So, yep. I mean, it, it, there, there isn't that, you know, for those that are in the middle. But for, like, my, my situation, I have twins and then my third. And so that my daughter kind of gets stuck right in that middle. And I really sympathize with her because I almost, I, I can understand how either my son or, or my youngest can get the attention. Um, and, and so it can, it can cause those questions. So I'm very, I'm very um, intentional about making sure that those, those doubts, right, don't really create yeah. in her um, her personality or who she becomes. And so today, you know, like you mentioned, it, it's really, you know, does God play favorites? We're stemming this out of Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 45. Yep. Um, and there's two key people that we're really honing in on um, that we're going to dive deeper into some of the qualities of, of, of particularly why God chose them. Why, why, was, why did he choose Joseph? Why did he choose Mary? You know, and, and what does that, how does that play in the, in, in the question that we're ultimately asking? Yeah, that's, that's the key is, as we've said in, in our services here, but whether you're listening to the podcast from wherever and you don't attend our church, a lot of people know what they want to build. They just don't know how to build it. Yeah. You know, we showed a funny reel, you know, of Willie Sunday, Willie. Yeah. That's what we'll call it. Uh, a reel where this construction team came back on site from lunch break or whatever. And one of the guys had been working through lunch and he put sheetrock on the outside of the house and they're losing their mind. (laughs) But we just use that metaphorically because it's like for a lot of people, they don't realize they have all the materials or they have the resources to build what they want to build more times than not. They just don't know how to build it. Right. And, that's why we exist. We exist as pastors and shepherds to equip the saints yep. to do the work of the Lord, to do the work of ministry. That's not to give them a task. That's to equip them to go, hey, here's some extra resources or here's some extra tools. Mm-hmm. You know, as we've said earlier, the better the tool, the better you build, right? Yep. For most people. If you're using the right tools, then you can get something done the right way. A lot of times people try to use the wrong tool and they force something and then it doesn't look as good as they hoped it would. And so when it comes to your life spiritually, the faith you have, your home, your marriage, your family, raising your kids, everyone would tell you what they want to build. And I would dare to say most people, unless they've had a really traumatic past, never say, I want to be a mediocre parent. Or, you know what, I married her, but I, you know, if it's, if it's just, you know, if it's just status quo all the way through, that's cool, yeah. right? Everybody wants to be the right husband and the right father, the right mother, the right, you know, wife. But sometimes they just, they were never taught. It was never displayed to them. They've never heard it. And so that's the way it is in church for me. There are so many people that are, we would say, immature in their faith. That's not a, that's not a, a, a stone being cast to call you an immature person in the way you may get offensive at it. Immature in the faith, meaning I don't know 
what you know. And I don't expect anyone to ever know what I know, right? I would hope that some people want to. But what I realize is you've been in a church setting or you came from a place where someone didn't teach you how, right? They told you what to think instead of taught you how to think. And for us, biblically, that's the goal. We exist to rethink life the way God intended. We're going to show you God's word, but we're going to teach you how to think about it so that it transforms your life. That's that's the essence of us knowing where we're going and how we're going to get there. And as we've often said, there are many people that can sell things to you, that can cast a vision, that can, you know, they can give you the big picture. And, and we know some of these people, but they have no idea how to get you there. And some of them have led well. More often than not, you realize they're not great leaders. Their lid is really low. It's the the Maxwell laws of leadership, right? There's a lid to your level of leadership. And you will never allow anybody to go past the lid that you currently are setting. And so in his laws of leadership, if you're a, a seven as a leader, you will only attract and lead people that are usually four, five, maybe a six. But you're never going to lead a seven or an eight. If you're a nine and you're elevating your leadership, then yes, then that thing goes up. Same way spiritually. If you're keeping a lid on your life spiritually and you're not allowing God to change you by how you think about what you want to become and what you're trying to build, you're never going to elevate your marriage, your kids, your home, your workplace, your employees, your, your teammates or whatever. And so your role is to always be allowing God to transform you shape you, change you. You are the clay. He's the potter. He's the one shaping and molding. And as you raise your spiritual maturity, your spiritual lid, then you are, and you're allowing yourself to bring people up with you. Yeah. That's yeah. the goal. That's good, man. So in Luke chapter one, 26 through 30, um, you guys can follow along with us if you got your word there. But in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed, uh, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Um, Man, if you, if you really go into context here, just kind of looking at it, like here is this angel, right, that says, Oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. And it's crazy to me how she is more thrown off that the angel would, 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 would categorize her or, 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 or just give her the title of favored one. It's like she's almost like, do you not know who I am? Do you not know where I come from? Do you not know, you know, my background? Do you not know my family? Do you not know my status? But here you are calling me favored one. Like, and, and it just, it, it really hits to, to where, where she saw herself, right? And I, I just, I, there's so, so much beauty just within that in, in, the, in, in how God really, man, just has a heart after people that, that are not looking to elevate themselves, right? Uh, and it's not that she just uh, didn't have any uh, confidence in herself or whatnot, but it was just like, who am I, man? Like, this is, I'm humbled that, that you even 
consider me and look look upon me with this or even call me this, right? Yep. Humility is a posture of the heart. We have to be very clear and careful that in the name of humility, mm-hmm. as we would declare it, that we we make it an excuse yeah. that God can't use me, right? Who am I? God can't use me, right? There's one way to say it, and it's a posture of the heart. Like, who am I that God would want to use? Yeah. There's another way to go, who am I? I'm completely unworthy and can't be used by God, right? And so it's like, it, there's a fine line right there that you mm-hmm. could lean both ways that into. That only you know. Correct. That no one else does. No one else Well, does. God does. God does, yeah, Right, that God knows, that God sees. Y- y- yes. You know where you're at in that fine line. You know where and there's a lot of people that God wants to use, and they're leaning the other way. Well, who am I? I, I? I can't be used by him. Yeah. So therefore, you just bow out, right? That's not Mary. Mary is, Mary is who am I? Yes, I'm unworthy yeah. to be used by God for anything great, mm. but we're going to see something different in her life. Now, right up front, one of the things that just really just caught me was just, they want you to know where she's from. We talked about this a little bit yesterday from Nazareth. And we looked at it in John chapter 1 when, when Philip goes and gets Nathaniel because he Jesus has showed up on the scene for his ministry and he's calling his disciples and he's like, come follow him. I have found him, really saying the Messiah has arrived. And then Philip turns to, I mean, Nathaniel turns to Philip and is like, does anything good come out of Nazareth, right? Like here's this little podunk town, this little village, you know, on, on just a corner of the Sea of Galilee, maybe no more than 120 to 150 people. And so there's one way to look at that, and that's absolutely true, right? Like this was the reputation of the area mm. of this little village. Can anything good come out of this? And this is where you're going to find Mary and Joseph. I think it's uh, real people, real place, real time. Mm. So let's, let's unpack that for a second. First of all, all the writers want you to know, Matthew, Luke, Joseph and Mary are from the line of David. This is key, right? You don't think about that, right? Did you ever really ponder the fact that they're both from the line of King David? Because mm. Jesus has to come from the line of King David. Remember, this is part of the prophetic promise that he would be in the line. He, he would be a shoot from Jesse. Mm. You know, yeah. the scriptures prophetically tell us. And so you have to pay attention to that, that here is the Davidic lineage Family tree existing in Nazareth, this little teeny place on the Sea of Galilee that no one else thinks significant, but it's almost like you're kind of watching this family tree just kind of generation after generation find itself just in this obscure little place, just kind of sitting there quietly. No one's paying attention to. God knows all along what's about to come, right? Couldn't write the script better. No. Right? It's like the movies you see where, like, the warrior, you know, is in this village, is this little young kid, and it's not the big empire or whatever, but he rises up out of it and he's going to come take, you know, like revenge in, in the movie sense or whatever. And it's like he came from nowhere. Wow. This is Mary and Joseph. Yeah. This insignificant place to most people has the heritage of King David residing in it. That's the first thing to just kind of pay attention to. The second thing is that Nazareth, the actual name, which is Netzer in Hebrew, means shoot or branch. Mm. So when you go back to Isaiah 11, and it says a shoot will spring forth from the stem of Jesse, 
We know that as that was at the time David, but it was prophetic for the coming of the Messiah. Real people, real place, real time. All of a sudden, Nazareth, this place that nothing good can come out of, has the lineage of King David existing in it and the meaning of the town's name is shoot or a branch. Wow. Which just perfectly coincides with the prophetic promise of God. Wow. That's the beginning, like just bubbling up as the story is being unpacked by Luke. Wow. That's, uh, write that down, man. That's that's powerful. <laughs> that's good, man. Just take you, notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just take notes. Yeah. Um, but it's great because, you know, the place matters. It, yes. it matters. All of this matters. All of this matters. Jesus had to fulfill prophecies in the smallest of detail to, to, to make sure that there was nothing flawed in what God was trying to do. We, 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 don't, we don't have this in the Bible. So this is that extra study yeah. that we're, we're in, you and I are inclined to lean into. And this is why we have this podcast to help people maybe see some nuances. Yeah. And you're, cause you're trying to figure out how did Mary, Mary get favored? Notice we didn't say become the favorite. How did she become favored by God yeah. to be used? That's the key question. How do you become favored by God? Not a mm. favorite of God. And we'll talk more about that. But some scholars and some early Christian documents say that Mary's dad, listen to this, was possibly a scroll scholar from these outside documents and sources as you study, which would mean that he was a man of the word. So he's a scroll scholar, studies the scrolls of the prophets, the, the, the scroll of Isaiah. The scroll, that's what he did. Um, because, and this coincides with Joseph, we'll talk about this in a moment, but uh, there's, a, there's a town about four miles away from Nazareth called Sipporah. And within there, they have found the largest collection of scrolls in the whole region of Galilee. Wow. <clears throat> they were kept there. And there's a reason they were kept there, and I think it, it, it unpacks more with Joseph. We'll talk about that in a moment. But what it would lend you to see is that Mary grew up in a home in the line of King David as a priest of Aaron, how that works, with a dad who studied the scrolls, which means inevitably to study the scrolls, you would also go to synagogue, you, you would attend the, 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 the festivals and the worship practices. In essence, well, let's go back to the preparation. Mary is growing up in a very godly home where the most important things are elevated to the top priority. A dad who studies God's word, who takes family to synagogue, to the festivals, and she is being shaped in all of this. And so when we talk about what we want to build and how we want to build it, Oh, it's so easy to say, well, I want my kids to grow up and love God. What environment are you building for them to see that and for them to uh, watch and observe that and learn in that? And so for you and I, you love your kids. You're a great father. You're a great husband. But I know that you have elevated to the highest importance God's word, your family being involved in church, We've had this conversation, Micah plays sports or whatever, and you're like, look, we've just decided certain seasons we can't do, certain games we can't attend. Yeah. The same way that I did, I had a son who played college basketball. There were tournaments we would not go to. 
because they would they would happen on Easter or Mother's Day or even Sunday morning church, and we would tell the coach, we are not coming to that game. We will come as soon as church is done, but we are not sacrificing this for that because mm. in the end, all of that ends. It all goes away. Sports, dance, music, theater, it will all come to an end. So then what did you want to build and how were you building it along the way? You can't elevate everything else as a top priority and say, but I wanted them to love God, follow God, have their family one day in church, my grandchildren in church, mm. but we didn't make that an important thing in our life yeah. for our home. No, that's the truth, man. And we've done that. And I've had my conversations with my kids, you know, uh, we're, it's just non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable, um, not because... Not not because it's just this is the top of the top. I mean, it's because we love God. We want to be in community. We want to build our faith. This is the essence of helping build your faith. It's not here to self-promote anyone or do anything like that. This is the edification of our lives, uh, building and being together in community. This is what they did um, in Scripture time. Community was big, and so that's I I I really share that importance with the kids. But again, it, it begins and ends with mom and dad. And you got no one else to blame at the end of the day when, um, when they're fighting against everything against God. And you have to look back and say, man, did, did I do everything? You know? And, um, and just that, that's, that's what it's all about. Just do everything that you can do to provide a pathway for your kids to be, uh, clear towards God can't control all circumstances unfortunately but uh, you can't make decisions for them no you can't however once again don't let don't let some responses become your excuses yeah right i've done all i can or i've tried yeah so so here's how i would give advice to this what have you already made essential versus optional mm. in most homes True. it is essential that your kids get good grades and excel in school in most homes, if your kid is in sports, it is essential that they attend all the practices and they're there to compete in the games. Mm. It is essential if they're in dance or theater that they're at their competitions on the weekend. They cannot miss them because they play an essential part in whatever it is that's being produced and put on. So school and grade are not optional. Sports, games, tournaments are not optional. Competitions and tournaments, not optional. But God is. God's God's optional for your life, yeah. not essential. All the other things are. Man. And you can quickly look at your calendar, your busyness, the schedule, the amount of money you've put in to put your kids in certain events and certain things, and then all of a sudden go, yeah, that's why we haven't been in church for a while. We haven't been a part of this. We can't go to this. My kid can't go to student camp because my kid is involved in four other sports, arts, band camp, or whatever, they were all, well, that's essential. They have to have that to keep progressing in whatever they're in. Well, then how do you expect your kid to progress in their faith? Yeah. If all things faith are optional all the time. Yeah. And we have reverted to bad parenting because it has become reactionary parenting. My parents made me go to church and I didn't like it. So I don't want to make my kid go. I thank God my mom and dad grabbed me by the earlobe and yanked my butt out of bed when I didn't want to go 
and told me it wasn't an option because that is what made me be grounded and rooted in this. I didn't grow up always loving going to church, but I knew it wasn't an option. It's part of who I am. And if this is true about Mary, that her dad was a scroll scholar and they went to synagogue where the scrolls would be studied, she was being brought up in an environment where all things of God are essential not optional. An understanding. God's preparing her the whole time he's shaping her. That's good, man. That's good. There's, there's a preparation, like you said. And, um, and there's this, 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 this huge importance in that. I remember a time, man, uh, and, and, and we won't stay in this too long, but uh, first tournament Mike is in. I've spent, this is the most expensive league I've paid for him to be a part of. Travel, ball, travel and everything. First tournament comes up Friday, Saturday, Sunday. My son looks right at me. He says, well, what are we going to do about Sunday? The ball is on my court. Yes, baby. Right? I have the power to dictate what we're going to do, what's important. Right? It's in my hands right now. And I felt that. But I said, in, in, in me, I said, we're, we're not... We're not we're not negotiating, and I told him that I said I said Micah we're 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 church is a priority for us, it's it's an important for us it's the building like I mentioned earlier, and he respected that he didn't he didn't give me any backlash, and mind you and I'm not bragging about my kid but he's one of one of the good ones in he is yeah he's, he's one good. of the good ones and that's the pro that's and the, the struggle and even the coach gave me a bit of a some pressure yeah. you know like. Hey, we only got these amount of people. We're going to need Micah. Like there was all these things and you could just see my son like what are you going to do, dad? Like what are we going to what are we going to do? What are we going to decide here? And and yeah, it could be as simple as this, right? And you could say, "Oh, this doesn't matter." But then you you build this on top of many or other uh, other moments in your life, fork on the roads in your life as a parent, and it just begins to shape the, the mindset of your children, like this is not a priority for us. This is, this is just the, to help, this, this is, this helps us feel right. This is a, 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 a Sunday thing, but we don't really do this Monday through Saturday. What you want to build, come on, man, will be dictated by how you build it. That's reality. In anybody's life, <clears throat> parent or not, you can just be single. You want to build a faith-filled life with God, walking with God, how you do it will matter. Yeah. And if the things of God are always optional, but everything else is essential, then it's not going to, you're not going to end up in the destination you're longing for. Yeah. Because it can't be that way. If you want a faith-filled life with a mature faith that where God can say, I have favor with you to use you for something big, then it can't be optional. That does not mean perfection. Yes. We have allowed our kids on a Sunday, on an occasion, to miss. But it is rare. It is not the norm. And as you said, we had conversations with coaches up front. Yeah. And I have a son who played college ball where I was told he needs to be at tournaments with scouts and, and all this stuff. And if he doesn't, he's going to miss his opportunity. You got a son. How old's, how old's Mike now? He's 10. And they're telling you he needs to be on three travel ball ten. teams. He's so good at 10. He don't care. He had just as much fun playing soccer last night at the dinner we were yes, at in the did. backyard as he does on the on on the field on a Saturday morning. Yeah. He's 10. But we get all wrapped up into this as parents and now we make it essential. Yeah. 
and we don't have time to go to church. We don't have time to get involved in church. We don't have friends in the church. We don't spend time with people in the church because we're on ball fields and we're under tents and canopies and all this stuff. And we're paying fee, uh, league fees and, and food for eating out and gas and travel and tickets to get in. And then all of a sudden we can't give, we can't be generous in the church because you're building what you're getting. And you can do that in a healthy way and still make the most important things essential. Yeah. And Mary's being prepped. This is why God finds favor. She has no idea as a child if she's growing up in this environment that God is using all of this in her life building her. as he's building her for this moment. Yeah, that's super good, man. So Luke uh, chapter 1, 31 through 34. I love this where we're going to go here. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? She didn't say, "Nah, I'm good. She said, how will this go? She didn't say can't be done. Can't. Yeah. Yeah. So with what I just told you, a little backdrop to her story, imagine you're a young Mary. Yeah. She knows she's from the line of David. And now you've been told that the son of David is going to arrive in you and through you. You're the one God has chosen for this task. So just, just think of the, the disruption of an angel showing up going, you're going to bear a child. It's going to be Jesus. But you've known that you're in the line of David and you know the Messiah is supposed to come through it and all of a sudden you're the one. Yeah. You're the one God's choosing now. And then her response is what matters because this is where you begin to see her heart. This is why she's favored. She doesn't say can't. She doesn't say I don't want it to happen. She doesn't say uh, can we wait. She just says how. How can this be done? It's a real question. I'm a virgin. It's the question lots of people have. It can't be true because there's no way in the world this could take place. Well, if God can do all the other miraculous things he's done and he can speak the world into existence and he can create life and breathe it into it, the breath of life, you know, from the dust of the ground, he can put a baby inside a womb to bring his son to earth. Yeah. And so the angel tells her that this is how it's going to happen. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be the work of the Holy Spirit. And then her response is, Which I love in verse behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mm. And then he left. And her response is ultimately, as we looked at this, this term, your, your scriptures, your Bible right now says servant of the Lord, but it would say, I'm your handmaid mm. in the original context. So that handmaid is the connotations truly of like, you would think of like a handmaid, meaning I am here to do whatever work needs to be done. Wow. The cleaning, the chores, whatever. That's the posture of her heart. <clears throat> is that I am completely available for your assignment. Here I am, use me. And we have seen this time and time again throughout the Bible. Yeah. So the people God uses from Abraham to Moses to, to any of them, they had this response, here I am. Right? And this is Mary doing the same thing. Here I am. I'm available. I, I don't know how it's going to all play out, but I know you can do the impossible. So here I am. Yeah. And it's a beautiful response uh, of a posture uh, of the posture of her heart. 
that shows the posture of her heart towards God, the response that she has, right? I think, I think you get to really tr- see tr- people's true colors when they're put in a position of choosing uh, and on the fork of the road what they're going to decide. It really reveals. Pressure reveals, right? And so here is this, this woman that says, you know, I, I, I love what you're telling me, but I, I don't know if I can believe it, right? She, she has a choice to make. She can say, hey, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this plan. I don't think it can, I, I, it, this can't be done. I don't believe it, right? She can make all these excuses, but the posture of her heart is let it be so, whatever you have said, right? Surrender. And it shows two things, a submissiveness to God's plan, right? And then it also goes a little further into how she would guard all the things of God in her life. As these things are going, she's not forgetting. And that was one thing uh, in the never-ending story last year that was so huge for us as we walk through Scripture is, is remember. Remember what I've done, right? God, time and time again, telling the Israelites, remember, remember, don't forget the works that we've done. And, 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 and a lot of the downfall of, of Israel, of the Israelites, was their lack of remembering God's faithfulness, which, which, which led to many, many That's why we things. talked a few weeks ago about marinating on stuff, right? Yes. Because it's the reality is you're consuming new truths and yeah. new understanding and if you don't let that sit in you and marinate and you guard it and you keep it, yeah. it's it's like the difference between, you know, when you were in high school and we never studied for a test. <laughs> it's like, well, you study for your test? Absolutely. <laughs> and that meant at breakfast, either read the box of cereal because you didn't have a tablet back then <laughs> no. or read real quick what's going to be on the test. And all you're doing is reading to retain yes. so that you can dump the answers back on a paper and get out of class and hopefully see the right grade at the top of the paper. That's what people do with God's word, unfortunately. Wow. They read real quick something so that they feel good for the moment that I did a religious task that God would be pleased with, but they can't retain it. Mm. And there's something about Mary guarding the, 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 the work of God in her life. Good, so we, we reference Luke chapter two, verse 19, when yeah. the shepherds had come over, told her everything that they had seen. And it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondering them in her heart. She, we see that we're pondering and we're like, oh, she just was like, that's a good thought. Yeah. No, it was this idea of guarding it and treasuring it forever. Mm. The work of God in my life. And so that's how we want you to approach the scriptures. So some people have to, we've heard them, Listen to this podcast over and over again. Some people are taking this podcast and they're doing small group discussions with it because they have to take what they've learned and then unpack it again yes. so that they can retain the information, but hold on to it and let it marinate in them. Yeah. I, I literally just got a text this morning from a guy who, who goes to our church and he's under the weather and he has a friend, doesn't attend our church, that said, I just listened to episode three. It was amazing. Love what those guys are doing. He said he's doing a small group and using the podcast as their that's as their content. Let's go. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah. That's that that is the response of Mary, right? Like, who am I that this podcast could do something like that, right? Yeah. However, I love that someone's taking the step to take this and go, let's unpack it again. Yeah. 
pondering that's that's on. how you're going to treasure this up and remember it i don't expect everyone to remember that nazareth was this Hebrew meaning for shoot and branch. And then, you know, maybe her dad was a scroll scholar and what that meant in, in this city four miles away. Yeah, that's me spending my whole life in a study adventure with God where I can do that. But guess what? I've learned this weeks ago before I'm spitting it out now because I'm learning it new. And I can't just turn around and go, hey, I heard this. Let me tell it to you. But I don't know what that means for me. Yeah, It's got to sit in me. And Mary was letting the work of God sit in her. This is who she is. This is why she's favored. And so when we talked about the third characteristic being she walked lowly before God, and we said that word lowly is this true humble surrender. It's not she felt lower than, she felt mm -hmm. less than. She's from this town, Nazareth, that nothing can come, can come out of. She had this spirit that God said, I can use that for something good. That, yeah. And that's the same thing we see with King David. It should be this brother. It should be that brother. <clears throat> Sorry. And they say, what, what, what do they say? God doesn't look at the outward appearance the like heart. man does. He looks at the heart. Yeah. And he's been watching the heart of this young woman all along, being brought up in a godly home and in, in a town that most people thought was insignificant. He goes, but I'm going to use her for something significant and mighty. And then she sings this song of praise. And the problem with the song is that we don't see she is giving God all the glory, giving him all the glory for it. Somehow, in let's just be honest, in the Catholic faith, they have taken this song of the, the Magnificent of Mary, and they have elevated Mary almost as if she's seated beside Jesus. And so they pray to her, and, and, and they almost worship her. And she, in essence, in this song is going, no, 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 I'm just a humble person who's amazed that God used me, he gets all the glory for what he has done, not me. They will call me blessed for generations doesn't mean you elevate her and you now offer blessings to her instead of to God. It means I'm blessed forever to play a part in this story. That's the lowly spirit of Mary. So she was not a favorite of God, mm. but she was favored by God because this is how she walked with him. Yeah, yeah. That's great, man. And so those are the three things uh, in Mary, submissive to the plan of God, careful to guard all the working details of God, and walked lowly before God, staying humble. Um, listen, we're not here to say that you need to be poor to be humble. <laughs> you need, Or you need to be, uh, you know, vice versa. What, what really matters here is the posture of your heart and where you are at. The one thing man cannot see as what concerns God, right? Yes. It's, 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 it's important to him. And so we run into the other person in the story, Joseph. And we, we've known him to be a carpenter, right? But you mentioned something on Sunday that was real, real good about his title and, and his importance, yeah, so you just said you don't have to be poor to be used by God. We don't know for sure. But just because they came from this small town that some people thought was insignificant, we immediately project that they're just these poor, lowly people mm -hmm. that ended up in a barn with animals to give birth to Jesus. And that's because we've allowed Hallmark and on all the movies and <laughs> cards to dictate our picture of Christmas. The reality to the story and I'm not against all of that because it helps you remember. 
But let's try to focus on the real picture is that Joseph is a carpenter. But the word carpenter in the Hebrew language is the word tecton, which also means stonemason or stone carver. And many more scholars believe that he was more of a stonemason and a stone carver than he was, as you would think, a woodworking carpenter, right? There wasn't a lot of trees in the region, but there was a lot of stone and a lot of things being built. Mm. And so if that's the case, then this is where you see, like in anybody's life, how does this man and this woman meet each other? How did Mary and Joseph meet each other? Yeah. Well, this area, four miles away, Sipporah, by Herod uh, Antipas, he made the capital of Galilee. He was the, the, the governor in charge of the area. And he looked at this place about four miles from Nazareth as the ornament of the Galilee. So he wanted it to be lavish. He wanted it to be spectacular. So therefore, it had to have stone columns and just the, the statues and all of that stuff. And if this is the case, then this is where Joseph possibly gets the title, the carpenter. Mm. Not a carpenter, not one of the carpenters, but the carpenter. He has a reputation for the work he does. Therefore, he very possibly also maybe wasn't fully wealthy, but he had money. He had resources. Because I read one scholar saying, think of this reality. God is very clear in his word that to those whom he gives and they're responsible with it, he gives more. Well, if God is going to look at Mary and Joseph and say, you're going to be the earthly parents of my son, then whatever he had given them to be responsible with, they obviously proved they were responsible in how they steward it. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, then I can give you maybe this giant task <laughs> to, to parent my, my, my one and only son here on earth. Wow. Think of it in that terms. Yeah. So his job and what he's doing, his responsibility as the carpenter has a resounding reality that he had a reputation for being really good yeah. at what he did. Wow. So everyone knows him. They not, they not only know his work by his hand, they also know his reputation as a man of God. Mm. And when you put those two together, so here's the thing. If Mary's dad is a scroll scholar and you find the scrolls in this city and Joseph is a carpenter, a tecton, a masonry carpenter in this city, then that's probably also where they met. Her parents watched him do his work faithfully, saw his reputation as a man of God, because they're the ones that are going to help form the contract in the union. And therefore, he knew her dad was a man of God's word, and that was in their home. And yeah, I want to come into a contract in a union with this woman. Wow. Yeah, that's that's good. That's a good backdrop to that, man, because if you can easily miss it. You can easily miss that, right? Just the T-H-E, the carpenter. So when the angel comes and says she's going to have a child, or he finds out, first of all, before the angel comes, when it says that Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly, that's because This is in Matthew uh, 1, 18 and 19. Thank you for that. Yeah, we're we're in Matthew because that gives us the backdrop to Mm -hmm. the life of Joseph. Just like in Mary, we're seeing her heart. We're seeing the heart of Joseph. Mm. He is a just man. He is a righteous man. He is a fair man. Um, the, the, the Hebrew word has all these connotations of accurate, impartial, restoring, clearing, and cleansing of self-moral uh, or, or immorality, I'm sorry, 
uh, all these things. Like this is his life and his reputation. People know him by, and therefore he can do the easy thing. He can shame her publicly. He can make her a disgrace to the community because she's with child. that's not his, but he's a man of God and he sees it differently. So he handles it differently. And he walks right with God that, you know, when people are like righteous, what does that mean? I literally tell them just simplify it. Yes, it has a lot of layers, so I'm not trying to overly simplify it, but take the word righteous and just insert right with God. Mm. Those that were righteous were right with God. So the scriptures tells us Noah, Abraham, John the Baptist, Joseph, all these people that God used significantly in his story for big things. They were all called righteous. We see this in the scriptures. They all walked right with God. Not perfect. Doesn't mean they didn't have sin, but they chose the path to walk right with God, not the path they wanted to go figure out curiously for themselves. Yeah. And we see that also in display, Matthew chapter 1, 20 through 24, where now the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream, speaks to him. And I love Joseph's response in in verse 24. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. There was, there's obedience. That's a layer of righteousness. Is not only hear what I'm saying, is do what I'm saying. Right? And so um, that's a huge importance. So Joseph walked right with God because there was, uh, just a, a sensitivity before God. There was an obedient heart before God. Uh, secondly, Joseph was quick, uh, again, coming off of this, quick to obey God. There wasn't a, uh, there wasn't reluctancy. Uh, once he, this sleep, once he woke from this sleep, there was an immediate uh, sense in his heart, I'm, I'm doing this. This is the decision I'm making. I'm, I'm not going to sit and just, um, Sit, sit with this and try to make up my own reasoning behind it. I am going to obey what has been given to me. And so that's a beautiful thing. And that's what godly men do. They take, they, they take what God has commanded over them. They, they, they do what they can with what they have, but they do it right before God. And that's the, that's the beauty of what. To whom Joseph. much is given, yep. much is responsible. Yeah. And when you prove to God, I will quickly obey and respond in the little things then he will give you more things. We are learning as pastors. The more we walk right with God, when we are quick to obey in shepherding the people that are at Genesis Church or me and you on this podcast where the people are listening, God says, okay, you've been responsible with that. I'm going to give you more people. I'm going to let more people listen. That's up to him. We're not. We're not chasing that, right? No. We just. We're. We're to be responsible for what he's given us now. Yeah. And then he decides if he wants to increase that. Yep. The problem is a lot of us sit around and we want the increase and we haven't been responsible with what we've already been given. So therefore, then we bow out or we put a finger back at God, like, "Well, you have favorites. You don't want to use me like you wanted to use them, and I think that I deserve that title or that platform or that opportunity, or that position. And how's theirs excelling and mine's not?" And God's going, "You haven't been responsible with what you've been given. Yep. And if you want that, then you need to be responsible with this first. And that is Joseph. And so when we looked at his life, he was quick to obey, and then he had a deep trust in God because when God later tells him to go to Egypt. No Jewish person wants to return to Egypt. Your whole story is about being rescued out of Egypt. Now you have the son of God with you and God says, go hide in Egypt. 
So there has to be a deep trust. And it says that when the angel came to him that night, he rose that night and he went immediately. And I was talking with someone this past week at a lunch and I was telling them my story and my grandfather was a pastor. And I was telling him, I said, my grandfather, when he met God, and I've met many people that this is their story, and I know it's not everyone's, everything changed when he met God. He had a Saul encounter on Damascus Road. My, my grandfather was uh, a Navy sailor in the Korean War and drank like a sailor, cussed like a sailor, fought like a sailor, the whole nine yards. His reputation in his hometown, small hometown, was that on Friday night, if you want if you want a bar fight, go find my grandfather. He will fight anybody. So when he met God, everybody was taken back. Because when he met God, everything changed. He stopped drinking. He stopped smoking. I never saw my grandfather with his shirt off. And I, and I never probably asked the question. He passed away when I was in 10th grade. But that's because he didn't want any of his grandchildren to see the tattoos he had gotten while he was in the Navy. Because some of them were just inappropriate. And, and didn't need to be seen. So he, he kept his body covered. Now, someone would say that's so extreme. But for him, I met God and who I was is not who I want to be any longer. I know what I want to become in God. Therefore, how I do it now does matter. Mm. Everything that I do. And there are a lot of people we waffle. They waffle. I want God to do this in my life. But how I go about day to day, I still want to dictate and decide. And Joseph knew to be a man of God. I got to walk right with God. I got to quickly obey God. And I got to deeply trust God, even my over my own fears, insecurities, and all those things as a husband, as a father, whatever it is, God's more in control than I am. Yes. And that's the reality of God using us is that you don't have to be perfect. And God is not looking for his favorite. He is looking to find favor with how you're handling what you've been given, how you are seeking to build what you want to see happen and become. And then there's the the reality of the real question, and we talked about this all last year. Sin angers God. Yes. And there are some people wanting God to do something big in them, but continuing in sin. There is a difference from you mess up and you sin versus I am choosing still to continue in this pattern of sin. That's rebellion. God can't work with that because God can't be where sin is. So if you want Jesus to do something big in you and, and not use the excuse, I'm not a favorite, sometimes you have to look in the mirror and go, I'm walking in a pattern and path of sin wow. that I need to step out of first and get on the path and the way of the Messiah so that I can be responsible with what he's given me and then he can use me for bigger things. That's great, man. That's really good. And so uh, honing in on how everything began how do you build from what you have, right? But before we get to that, we got a great PSPQ question uh, this week that we want to hone in on that I think ties in a lot to what we were uh, discussing. So producer Alexis. Hey, everyone. What? Hit us up. So the question for today, it says, God showed up in Mary and Joseph's life in dreams and through angels to communicate his plan for them to obey. What are some ways God shows up in our lives today to communicate his plan for us to obey and participate in? Ooh. That is good. You, you, you want me to swing I'll first? Yeah, I yep. had it last week. So what I would say is this. As we have said all last year in the first season of the pod and the never ending story at Genesis is that we have to be careful 
that we don't realize that there is a message, a mission, and then God does the miracle. Yeah. What we want is the miracle when we're looking for God to work. Mm. And therefore, the same way I think applies when we want God to speak to us. Well, you spoke to them by sending an angel. So I need an angel to come declare it to me. <laughs> or I don't know if you're speaking to me. Yeah. Right? God can work and move how he wants. Remember, though, he's the author of the story. He decides we don't, how he wants to communicate with us. Mm. However, yes, he brought an angel to Mary and Joseph. Just the same way he parted the Red Sea with Moses. It is this over-the-top moment where God interjects himself into our realm to declare what he's about to do. Yeah. When he does that and how he does that is totally up to him. But along the way with Israel, and this would, this would also apply to Mary and Joseph at this time, they were all Jews following the God of Israel who on Mount Sinai gave them his word to live by. So he said, I'm going to give my words to you. They're going to be written down. All the commandments that I want you to do, the way that I want you to follow me, and I want you to live in them. Yeah. So he didn't just speak out of the mountain and fire because that's what someone's looking for. He also had his written word given to them. And there are many people that want to have the angel show up and negate God's written word already given to them. That's a danger, yeah. right? Equally, God speaks through people. All through the Old Testament, he spoke through his prophets. He gave them the message to speak to the people. I'm amazed at how many people want a prophetic word from God, but if I was to give them the prophetic word for their life, they would completely reject it and fight it because they would not receive it. You know how this is. People have stuff going on in their life. We're pastoring and shepherding them, and we know as soon as I tell you you're doing this wrong, you're just going to get mad and leave. Right? So we have to be careful of what we want versus what God wants to do. God speaks to his word. God speaks to people. And then God speaks miraculously. And I've had all of them happen in my life. All of them. The miraculous, three times in my whole life. So when people are like, ah, three, that's it, that's it, that's it. And I can tell you every instance, we don't have time to here today unpack it, that I would say God miraculously did something to speak to me three times. I'm, I'm, you know, 40, 46. That's that. That's it. The rest of the time he speaks to me daily through his word. And he speaks to me through other godly people. Yeah. Told my son the other day, I said, you are surrounded by a council of godly people. Make sure your ears are open to listen to how God is speaking through them to you. That's good, man. Stop listening to TikTok. Stop scrolling on Instagram for inspiration. Stop chasing a YouTube video of someone you don't know for a prophetic word. And stop sitting around going until you show up as an angel that blinds me and knocks me to my feet. Yeah. I'm not going to hear you speak to me. <laughs> preacher, preacher. Let's go, man. That's good. It's not, it's not, it's not this formula, man. You know, I, th I think we just get wrapped up, man. Like one plus one, it's got to equal two, right? And it's just, and it, it just doesn't, yep. you know, and that's the thing. Like God is the author and dictator of how this thing goes there. He decides what, how this whole situation in your life is going to unfold. And, 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 and you better just believe and know that he has the good in mind for you in your life.
You have to be ready to receive. That's it. Yeah. Am I ready to receive it? Whenever yeah. and however it comes. There have been some wild moments where if I were to tell you how the story played out, you'd be like, that's just crazy. Yeah. That's just, that person speaking to you, that was that couldn't have been God. They probably were just high on something. They'd smoked too much and 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 they just started spitting stuff at yeah. you. And I would tell you that in the moment, I've had God go, pay attention to what's being said to you right now. Yeah. From a total stranger on the street. And I've had to step back and then drive down the road and go, all right, God, if that was you, then continue to confirm it. Yeah. And let me know that because my humanness wants to reject it. Mm. Right? I have to be ready. The scriptures say that beware you might be entertaining angels, right? Have I entertained an angel in my lifetime? I have no idea, but I better be aware that I might have. Yeah. I might have had an encounter with one yeah. who didn't know it. So am I ready to receive it? Dude, I um for me it's 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 um don't get caught up so much as to when, but get caught up with how will I respond when yeah. that time comes, right? Because it will. There's moments in our life God is speaking, God is moving, God wants to do something. Focus more on how will the posture of my heart be when he does speak to me. When I sense my heart rate just bouncing out of my chest, my heart is just bouncing out of my chest, how, how am I going to respond to that? What will the posture of my heart be when he is speaking to me through this? through this when i'm clearly knowing that there is there's there's this conviction or there's this peace or there's something happening within me that god is just affirming how will my response be right and so that leads us a little bit into how to build this whole thing right yeah this is like the let's go moment right let's, let's go this is our this is our new segment of 2024 let's go moment let's go we we, we need the the audience to be in the background let's go let's go you know um that's what you need to hear like just echoing through the room in the moment that we'll get a little light that comes on when let's go when yeah. it lights up like the the Some studio horns. audience can, has to can, like get, get in get on it going. you know um that's what we gave yesterday and yeah. it's still the same thing today and we 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 said it could sound simple, but I think it uh, it can also be profound. Yes, and that is three three steps to walk this out with prayer, pursue, and participate. Mm. And that is to pray for the Holy Spirit to show you. Or let's say, speak to you how He chooses. Yes, in His Word, through someone else. Yes, through a miraculous encounter. With the area of your life that is not right with God, because mm. we're going to pursue righteousness, yeah, yep. right? So to do that, you have to pray first. What area is not righteous, is not right with God? And I would say that could be on a major scale. There are people in the wrong relationship. Mm. Their relationship between them and their significant other is not righteous, is not right with God, and it needs to end mm. now. Yeah. That's a big step. That is huge. It could also be really small. It could be, I'm used to watching this show or this series, and this show in the series does not lead me on a path that is right with God, and I need to stop watching these episodes. Okay? Yeah. So it can be on both ends. Then it was pursue. What thing is keeping me from spending time with God? The Word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added. So what's stopping it? What in your schedule? What in your, hey, you know what? I just wish I, I, I'm not a morning person. That's because you probably go to bed too late doing something you don't have to be doing. So go to bed earlier so you'll get up earlier. 
Like, we're just going to eliminate all the excuses, yep. right? Well, when I get up in the morning, I got this going on, that going on. Good. Get up 20 minutes earlier or whatever and start your day with prayer and, and begin reading the word of God. Uh, you know, I got this going on. My kids are here, 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 here. We already talked about that. What you want to build will be dictated by how you attempt to build it. Yep. So you may need to eliminate something out of your schedule. Look at your kid who is nine years old and say, for the springtime, we're not going to be involved in anything. Guarantee you, your kid is not going to come back and go, my life is over. We're going to create some margin in our life That's good. so that we can reincorporate the most important things. And then participate. Faith without works is dead. What part of your life today does God want you to display obedience in? And so it can be you're alone. You're getting ready to watch that thing or click on that thing. And God says, uh-uh, that's the thing I want first. And you put the remote down or you walk away and you go spend time with God or you do something else and you fill that space with something other than. But it could be an encounter with someone. You could be ticked off at a place and God says, uh-uh. I've been talking to you about being gentle and kind, fruits of the spirit. And right now, how you respond to this person is going to matter. Mm-hmm. And I want you to participate in how you are obedient to me. However he works. Pray, pursue, and participate. That's good, man. That is super good. Um, couple couple nuggets on each one just real quick before Come we on. wrap up. I just wanted I when I think of prayer, right? It's 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 an honest communi- time of communication between you and God. But we find ourselves mostly being the ones doing the more commu- uh, communication. So in your prayer, I want to challenge you guys to really begin your prayer just, just, just breathing. Just take some time. Listen, right? Prayer is a communication. It's a, it's a, it's a two-way street here. When are we really hearing God's voice if we're not listening? Listen. Just pause, bro. That is, I'm telling you right now, 2024, my, my, there, there, that, that's been a discipline for me. Because I, I can do the talking, I can do the mouthing, I can do everything, and I get nothing out of it but, but just a, a, a Christmas list-like prayer of things that I want. It's like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to be still. I'm pausing my fast-paced life to be right here, present in the moment. Um, I'm, I'm grabbing a lot of that through um, Homer. Okay. He's great, man. Um, and secondly, man, I, I read this. It was funny. Uh, not funny, but I, I just thought it was significant. Some things don't need prayer. They need discipline. Yes. God Amen already to told you what to do. Let's go. Right? So not everything has to be a revelation, but a reminder for you to continue to pursue and press on the things of God. You need discipline. Discipline, man. Mary and Joseph were disciplined. Yes. God saw that in them yeah. before he showed up with an angel yeah. to give them a message. Yeah. Why? Because they were disciplined in their reputation and their walk with God from the way that they were raised in the town that they were in. They lived by the word of God. Therefore, God said, I can use you and I can do something significant with you. And we have God's word and we're to be disciplined to it. And instead, we just sit around waiting for this utopian moment <laughs> for the, the clouds to peel back and God to speak in this big Charlton Heston voice yeah. and give us our, our marching orders. And he's like, I've been giving them to you. Start there. Be responsible with little and then I'll increase it. That's good, man. And, 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 and the famous 
a man of God, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. I quote from him: "You, you, you hit, you hit a, you hit an uppercut to finish the sermon yesterday." Come on. You said God doesn't choose favorites, but He does show favor to those who are faithful. That's you, bro. That's God. <laughs> That's right. God gave me that. It's good. That's God. God I, gave I'm, me I'm that. I'm hearing today. I'm here because I'm I'm just regurgitating all of this, and you know, I I listened three times on a Sunday the sermon, you know. So and then I'm listening a fourth time as I'm working out, and I'm like, dude, I you could have started with that. Right. Like you just like left like this exclamation point. Um, you know, what would you call that type of moment? Right. Like the, the best for last type of thing, man. But it was just so good. God doesn't choose favorites, but he does show favor to those who are faithful. And that man, I thought that was powerful, man. It, it really it just really showed it really put all these pieces together because you does God choose favorites? He can maybe, if he wants. Maybe if he wants to. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. But I will tell you who he does most likely choose, yes. right, is the faithful. Yep. Faithful at heart. Yep. Faithful at heart. And I thought that was just, uh, it was just amazing, man. Um, Everybody in the Bible messed up. Yeah. So there's no one in the story of God that we read of, obviously outside of Jesus, that didn't mess up. Yeah. But they were more faithful than they were down the wrong path. Yeah. And that's why we're in the way of the Messiah. It's a path. It's it, it's, it's a path we're going to walk. It's good. The scripture's clear. This path is narrow. And there's a broader one that's a whole lot easier. Yeah. But that way will lead to destruction. Yeah. And so we're going to get everybody on the right path to understand that what you want to build will be dictated by how you build it. That's good, man. That's good. That is episode four for you guys. Wow. Um, this this season is wrecking me, and I'm loving it, and it's great, and I hope it's doing the same for you in, a, in, a, in just a really elevating and taking you to the next level in your faith and your growth. Uh, but, man, uh, I if you have any questions, please submit those over to postsundaypodcast.gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys. If there's anything within these last four episodes or even last season, season one, that is just really just hitting home, hitting hitting a little bit, and, and you want to get some answers, we'll do our best. We can't say that we can provide all the answers, but we'll do the best to give you the right direction with that. And don't forget to follow us. Follow us on all social media platforms. Give us some love. Shout us out. Uh, we'll definitely be uh, reposting all that stuff, but we just want to be in community with you guys and continue to share all that God is doing here in the pod. Um, but yeah, man, we're excited. We hope that you have been blessed. We hope that this has been great. We're also going to be on YouTube as well, so you can check us out on YouTube. If you if that's the way that you love to learn and grow, you can be there. Hit the notification tab. Every time we get a video out there, you'll be informed on what we we have out. But uh, man, it's it's a pleasure to be with you guys. We're, we're, we're growing. God is doing amazing things, and we can't wait to be with you guys next week as we continue on The Way of the Messiah, Episode 5. Until then, grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube 
at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.